Welcome back to the Escape Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Fong. And I'm Ron. How is everybody doing tonight? How are you, man? I'm good. We're back to the um, the old faithful McGuigan's Black Label Red. Oh, thank God. After uh, last week, we had maybe three sips of a very old McGuigan's uh, wine. Old in the sense that it's been half open for a while and it tastes like absolute ass. Okay, so we've been striving since we created this podcast, right? Yep. We've been on the road of knowledge, on the, the quest of knowledge in regards to wine. Yes. So we've, we've been finding out which wines are good, which wines are bad. Well, we found out that leaving your wine outside for <laughs> a good three, four months is no, it was it three, four months? Three, four weeks. Three, four weeks is not a good yeah. thing to do. I feel like that's like a, um, like something you learn very, very early onwards. Like it's almost like, I feel like it's common knowledge. But I didn't know that. So we were 30 minutes in before we realized, or rather we couldn't put up with it anymore. And we just had to chuck the, the wine away. Yeah, I think I had like two sips and I was like, I, I, can't, I can't keep doing that. I don't want to waste wine, but it's disgusting. I tried. Uh, but, um, you know, unfortunately this quest that we're on has ended up, um, you know, we're still on it, but we've probably had about six bottles of this stuff now. So we're not, haven't really ventured too far from, the, uh, from these brands, but... Um, we should. I think for 2020, we'll get a little more adventurous yeah. and get a little more, um, getting more into the expensive taste, I think. Expensive? What's, dude, come on. What's expensive to well, you? Like 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the wines I bought are like $10 and, and, and below. Mate, that's budget wine right there. <laughs> it's, it's quality. It's quality. Yeah, so we'll... Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll update the uh, the listeners, and every time we open a new bottle, um, and hopefully it's uh, you know we we'll get we'll get you guys a good review, like a like a legit review, yeah. not just taste grapey or something. Yeah, our long road to leveling up, leveling up. That's what this podcast is all about. For those listeners out there, we are constantly documenting, constantly finding new things to talk about, and you know that piques our interests. Yeah, and hopefully other people can. Um, gain knowledge or you know find value from yeah. my pod podcast that was, that was the one thing i told you before i i i know that i say the pod or podding a lot like it may, maybe not on the podcast itself but in, in everyday life and it's gone to a point where i just hate that word why i mean i i don't mind it to be honest I, i'm just I, I, i'm just conforming to your uh, taste i can't here. stand it. i feel like it's really um it, it's it's like getting so lazy that is is just dropping the the classiness of what I think podcasting should be. Man, there's a couple of words that you say that kind of that, that that is kind of iffy to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you drink wine and then, um, you know, we we talk about drinking wine and then all of a sudden we start talking about drinking goon. Oh man, it's like we're just like gonna go there too. We're just like. You know, it's the same wine, I guess, but you know, you're just like lowering your standards. You know, just just to say something. Can I make easier. it a little bit lower? Go ahead. Just hang that goon on a clothesline and spin uh, it around. Yeah, that's um, that's some uh, teenage stuff. No, that's a classic Australian bogan stuff. Mm, mm. Um, so for those who don't know what a goon is, it's like a it's goon a, bag. It's uh, the the full word is goon bag which essentially is wine in a bag so bagged wine that's right and how do you use that in a sentence form how, how would you 
I, I, I don't know. How would you? <laughs> did did Davo bring the goon bag? There we go. There we go. Anyway, that, there's there's some uh, Australian knowledge for you right there. That's that's to um, prove that we are actually Australian, Aussie mate, and not just um, Canadians with an Australian accent. Yeah. Okay, so what are we talking about today? We got a couple of uh, topics that we'd like to put out there. I've got, hey, I've got a feedback. From- I think I think we should start off with the uh, with the feedback. Um, and you know, for those who are listening, you can always leave us some feedback on um, our, you know, the multitude of our social medias, on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And what do you leave your reviews? Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, Is the on Stitcher. Oh uh, uh, yeah, you can do it on Stitcher. And Stitcher as well. Um, but Apple Podcast is the benchmark for reviews. For the podcasts. benchmark, yeah. So you can do you can leave a five star rating, but you know, like if you leave a rating, you, we don't actually know who you are. So might as well just put down a review for us. Yeah, just tell us it's uh, it's good, it's yeah. bad, what needs to be worked on. Just mm. let us know. Yeah. So on today we have uh, I'd like to talk about the feedback that we got. Uh, you've also got a, an entrepreneur list that you found on Reddit. Yes. Yeah, and th- that you want to ask me, then I wa- also want to talk about Jocko's podcast. That, that latest episode was bomb. I love that episode. Really good, really good. That's kind of the reason why I didn't have much to talk uh, like on the list to mm. talk about. This mm. is mostly a Ron's list because, man, editing when you make a mistake, it's a bit annoying. Bit uh, annoying. I'm um, I'm lucky that I have a great co-host who takes care of that as well. I don't know if I if I could do the editing myself. Yeah. It's like uh, on Jocko's podcast, Echo Charles does everything, mm. right? Echo Charles does everything. Jocko does the, uh, he's the main guy who, with the knowledge, right? So, yeah. But let's start with the feedback, man. Feedback. Feedback is always good. Yeah. And um, as you mentioned, you got some feedback from- yeah. I, f- I, feel that, I feel that most of the feedback that we've been getting are people around us, or rather people that we promoted our podcast to directly by okay. word, word of mouth. Uh, so this feedback come from uh, Peter and DJ, a couple. Peter and DJ, a couple who run a market store where I work, right? So their market store is the Good Greek, the Good Greek. Yeah, they make really good gyros, 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 gyros. I always get that wrong. Gyros, gyros. It's really, really good. It's really good. Mm. I, I usually have uh, the lamb one that uh, they make. Ooh, they're pretty bomb. Yeah. So that, you, what's that sauce? The um, it's like a sort of like a soury kind of um, the cucumber one. No, it's, it's not tajiki. Or yeah, that that one. Yeah, it's like, tea. It, it's like yogurt and cucumber. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that stuff. You would have thought that yeah. yogurt's good in uh, food. It's amazing. You you never know. Anyways, so the reason why I started the podcast with uh, a summary of what we were going to talk about, so a couple of topics uh, that we listed out for you is because of the feedback they gave me, right? So they've listened to our, a couple of our, our episodes, mainly couple. the first good. one. Okay. Uh, they said that the first one was a bit, it was good, but it lacked sort of directions, which is understandable. Just a, I think that first podcast, um, we didn't really have anything um, planned out. We just wanted to introduce the podcast in a free flow kind of way mm. um, and, and just, just talked about, what we knew about yeah, the podcast yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. So that's good feedback, I think. Yeah. So they say it was good, but they, they said that they wanted to know what they were getting into at the start, at the start of the okay. podcast. And also at the end, like key takeaways of the topics that we talk about. Mm. Right. So I find that the key takeaways would be something that we talk about uh, if we have guests on, like the mm. learnings that we have. 
right? Okay. So I do already do the introductions for guest interviews. Yep. So, but it would probably be good to have something at the end. Mm, okay. To see um, what we've learned, right? Yeah, I think that's something that we'll we'll work on. We'll have to think about how, how to get that done. But it, it it is it is um I think that is good uh, a good suggestion. Yeah. Um, it it is nice to know in advance what I'm getting myself into when I'm listening to an episode. Right. Do you know any other podcast that do some does something like that? Mm. Um, I do know that Rogan does a very quick brief on his guests. Yeah. And occasionally he would he will talk about very briefly what what that episode is is about. Yeah. Um, and also at the end, I think he also gives a very very quick wrap up of that episode as well. <laughs> I like how you just, you're so, you're so getting uh, you're so getting you're getting interrupted by your phone. Yeah, my my phone keeps um the Google Assistant keeps wants your attention. Up. Yeah, wants something yeah. wrong. So um, that is something that we will definitely work on. Yeah, I think it's definitely. um yeah. it it if, if it provides uh, that extra bit of value. And also promised them that I'd mention them on my podcast. And it was Peter and DJ? Yeah, Peter and DJ. What's, the, what's the place called again? Uh, it's called Good Greek. The Good Greek. Yeah. They usually, they, they operate from the Central Coast area. Mm. And they usually travel around with, uh, with the events organizer that I'm with as well. Okay. So, yeah. Is it Good Greek or The Good, good Greek? It's Good Greek. Oh, Check good. it out on, on their Facebook. I mean, we'll leave it in the show notes for people who are interested in Greek food. Mm. Uh, that's, that's the epitome of Greek fucking the Euros. And, the Euros. And and how did they um find out about our podcast? I actually talked to them about it. Okay. So we had a staff party, uh, not a staff party, like a sort of uh market party. Oh yeah, Christmas the party. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So we yep. they were there. And usually we don't get to talk very much because everyone's so busy working. So it was nice to be able to sit down and actually talk to them about it and find out yeah. what their interests are and whatnot. And found out they were avid podcasters and they like to listen to uh, many, many podcasts while they drive. Is there anything, is there any uh, particular podcast that you listen to? Like the theme? Are they into entrepreneurship? No, they, they, they actually said everything? that they like to discover okay. podcasts. So, uh, so they, they're pretty open to trying new things. Hmm. Okay. Uh, a couple of like the ones that they were talking to me about they like to listen to some mystery podcast and also ghost okay. ghost story podcast. Ooh, that's a no no for me. You scared of ghosts? Yeah, I don't like ghost stuff, yeah. horror stuff. But uh, it's a hard no for me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! I remember listening to um uh, a basketball podcast, one that I, I normally listen to, and um, they have ads in the middle. I remember for a, for a while, one of the ads was um, talking about. Advertising for another podcast is one of those true crime ones. And the advertising spot was only like 20, 30 seconds. It had this creepy music in the background while they're discussing like um, like a crime scene or something. It was, it was very quick, 20, 30 seconds. And I always skip it when I'm listening to it at night. This is creepy. <laughs> Are you super, super, uh, superstitious? I wouldn't say so, but I just don't like the idea of. You basically don't want to find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I believe in science. Just putting it out there. I do as well, but it doesn't mean something's not scary. Like the idea can be scary without it being real. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a podcast for itself in on time. A whole episode. I, I don't know if the, it's it, it it correlates with the theme of this podcast, but it could be one of the fun ones we have on Patreon. Yeah, when we have Patreon. Yeah, we'll introduce. Actually, speaking of the fun ones, we ha- we're going to introduce uh, our interview with uh, Anthony Perry soon. 
That was Anthony a, Perry. Boom. Yeah, that was a very, very fun podcast. I think we should do another one with him soon. Just yeah, for the fun I, factor. I, I missed the guy. So ever since I moved away from this mm. area, I haven't been able to see him. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this weekend. Who knows? Anyways, um, do you want to hit Jocko's podcast first? Or? Uh, wait, was that the only feedback we got? Well, that's the latest one I've got. I yeah. mean, just that we, we, um, we need to add those couple of things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, Peter and DJ, that's great feedback. Appreciate it. And I think we'll um, definitely work on that in future episodes. Yeah. Well, we started with this episode already. Mm. Yeah. So the, the Jocko podcast. How good was it? It was good. It was really, well, as Jocko would say, good. <laughs> um, to, to, to you, what, what was good about it? I just loved how, since this, it was their fourth year in this field, yep. right? So they actually laid out everything that they went through. And I related so much to Echo Charles' uh, experience creating Jocko's podcast, right? Yeah. So, you know, he always wanted to have a podcast and yeah. he was pushing Jocko. Jocko was like, yep. no, no, like, I don't know what that is. And then when he got, when Jocko got pushed by Joe Rogan and mm-hmm. Kim Ferris, mm-hmm. he's decided like, hey, you, you know what, let's do it. Yeah. And Echo Charles was like, yeah. Mm. You know, he wants to learn all of that. And his background is, is actually in video editing as well. So yeah. I related a lot to the guy because he seemed like the guy who wants to experience new things and tinkle with new experiences, right? Uh, yeah. And I feel, I feel like I related to that because, you know, I've, we've, I've set up all this podcast equipment for us yeah. and learned about like how to edit. I'm still very, a novice at it. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's one of the things I liked. And also how Jocko was telling, uh, was saying that um, the road to his success in the podcast uh, field was a hard road. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overnight. No. Right? I, think, I think for him as well, because it's very, his, his podcast is, is very unique. It's very, um, it, it can be very, very heavy. Oh, yeah. Some Dude. of them are just him reading for about two hours. And it's, um, and, and some of the guests he has on are sort of veterans, um, veterans of the, the military. And I think what they talk about may, a, a lot of times is something that's very hard for a lot of regular people to um, connect with mm. because it is, it's, it's so, you know, the, the battlefield, it's, it's nuts. It's, yeah. it's very hard to um, connect to. But then the more you listen to him, the more you kind of understand what they go through and sort of you can take some of those learnings yeah for sure um just before just quickly yeah. before you continue i just want to mention that the the episode for jocko's podcast that we referring to right now is episode 212 212 mm-hmm. uh, and the title is four years sitting in a little room across the table from jocko willings what <laughs> i learned with echo charles yeah great episode great episode yeah I, th- I think what uh also for me um just echoing sorry no pun intended echoing what you hey. just said um I do see a lot of similarities between yourself and Echo. I think Echo was also quite a novice in this whole um, audio editing and, and all that stuff as well. And the way that he talked about setting things up and just being keen to get into it and figuring it out as he went, even though he had no real idea on what, what's required, I think that's very similar to um, sort of how we started. You, you didn't really know exactly you know, what, what you needed, what kind of editing you needed to do, what you need to learn in order to be a good um, sound editor but you know over, over time over eight episodes you slowly um, picked up the skills through wherever and I think over time the quality of our podcasts have gotten better and better 
and I think that's similar to his um his his path. Mm. He didn't know where, what what was involved. He's just decided that he wanted to do a podcast with Jocko. Um, he got some got some mics, got some uh, recording devices, and uh, got into it. I love I love the fact that their mic that they use on Jocko's podcast is the same one that we have right here. I had no idea until I think you told me a little while ago. Yeah, but um, it's it's cool to have uh, what we think is a professional level mic in our hands. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and another thing that that I take from his podcast is that Jocko only comes in to talk his exper- his experiences. Yeah, and Echo Charles does everything else in the background. Yep. So it's 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 awesome. Like just listening to that, like each each person has their roles. Yeah, in this little project that they are doing, and it, it's very, it's very much the same here in our podcast, right? So mm-hmm. you provide the, some of the ideas, the creative uh, note, such as the logo, the some of the topics, right? Yeah, and I take care of everything else in the background, mm-hmm. and it's fine. It's it, it's it's very much a, a harmonious collaboration between the both of us. Yeah, I think we obviously work to both our strengths and also our interests. Yeah. I have very little interest in sound editing, and very little interest in paying a lot for equipment. <laughs> Clearly, you are more interested in paying for quality. I, lo- I love spending on on things. On yeah, yeah. Just so to figure it out. Yeah. Again, I think we, I already mentioned this in previous podcasts. Yeah. But if I started this podcast and I, and I was in charge of all the um, you know, buying of hardware, this this whole setup would probably be cheaper than or what that field recorder. Yeah, probably less than five hundred bucks. Hey man, quality, if, quality, if, if that, quality. That, that, um, that podcast kit that I got, I probably would have got two of those <laughs> for about you know, $20 each and uh, I got it going. Uh, look, not, just, not to bash the, the kit that you got. Like that kit is, is fine. There's it's nothing wrong with it. It's fine, perfectly it's, fine. It's, it, it will just, what, what that kit will allow you to do if you want to get in this field is it will push you to learn more about the post-editing of a podcast. Yeah, because you want a good quality audio mm-hmm. to go out there, right? If it's if it, 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 it's something that's even uh, mentioned in cinematography, right? You could have the best footage, the best uh, drone shot, the best uh, B rolls, but if yep. your audio is shit, that doesn't matter. Everything goes out the window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just taking back, just taking it back to Jocko's podcast, I like uh, they've been doing this for four years, mm-hmm. right? And each of their episode is one hour and a half to two hours, sometimes three hours long. Yeah. And a lot of them is just Jocko talking by himself as well, like yeah. reading. It's, it's, it's heavy, but- Very heavy, yeah. I think people that listen to this guy, Jocko, mm-hmm. are people who are wanting to level up in their life. Yeah. Right. Every, that's, that's, that's why it's, it's so captivating when I listen to the guy. Right. Because there's things, there's, there's truth, there's- Experience. There's experience, and like by truth, I mean unsugarcoated truth, right? Very simplified. Like to to to, to Jocko is, you do it or you don't. There's no in between. There's no gray area. Mm. And I'm I'm a big proponent of the gray area. But like when you want to get something done, yeah. it's 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 either black or white. And I think that's what's interesting about um like the military. There's no, oh you know I don't feel like doing it. It's either you do it or you're out. That's right. And those people who get to that level of um, experience, they go out there and get it done. And it's this kind of it's this kind of mindset of just getting things done, which is really, really, I think, 
for me personally, I think is is quite helpful. And just you know, sometimes you know what you sometimes you question you know why you're doing something, but you just have to get it. You just have to get it done because it possibly will lead you to somewhere. You know, it, it could lead you someplace better, or at least you get experience from it. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. get it done. That's right. It's it, he's he, he's got a a knack, Darko. He's got a knack of, of simplifying things to their core, right? That's that's what is so attractive about his podcast. And as soon as I listened to his podcast, I was like, okay, I know what to do now for my for my little venture, right? If I don't like something, right? It it it's it also it's something that's also um, uh, talked about in the dip by Seth Godin. Well, had, Seth Godin. I had a mind blank just then. Uh, like his <laughs> book is The Dip, right? So sometime when you're in that dip, so you're in the middle of the, of the shit, of the shit storm, when shit, shit hit the fan, the only way out is forward because you can't really go back now. No, right? you got to keep going. So how do you get yourself out of the situation if you don't like something? Say, for example, you're in a job that you do not like, but you need the money. What do you do? Keep working, keep working, keep working, get the money. Keep save. working and do... A damn good job of it. Yeah, save and then get out. How hard is that? that that's, a, that's the essence of it. A lot of people would just look at the jobs like, oh, I hate this job. I hate this job. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Uh, and they just get into this cycle of going to work, hating it and going back home without a plan, right? And there's, if you, there's, no, there's no exit strategy for them. Yeah, it's just, if, if you don't have an uh, exit strategy, you just kind of keep yourself in that rut. That's it. You can be... Unhappy, you're gonna do nothing about it, and in the end, the only person to blame for, you know, your circumstances, is really yourself because you just choose not to bother to do anything about it. And unfortunately, people want to find some someone else or something else to blame rather than themselves, rather than taking the responsibility uh, responsibility to get themselves out of that rut, you no know, matter what it takes. And I think in a lot of circumstances, people really are not locked into the situation as much as they think they are. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I totally agree with that. It's just they, they either don't want to put in the um, put in the time to really think about how, how to get out of the situation or they, they think that they are actually stuck, but really they're not. There's options. There's not, is, is, you know, life is not, in, 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 a lot of, in a lot of situations, it's just not, um, there's, there's many paths to get out of your situation. Sometimes just people don't bother to think about those other parts yeah. or they think it's impossible. Life is not linear, people. It's not. It's like a tree. You just keep branching out, branching out until you reach somewhere, somewhere that you want to be. I, I, I know people who have um, taken opportunities as well that um, is very different to their, the, the work that they, they're leaving just to try something new. Mm, mm. Just, you know. It might lead them nowhere. It might lead them somewhere. Yeah. They just couldn't be at the place that they were at. That's right. I mean, people look for permission. That's, that's the problem. They look for permissions to, 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 to do something. And that's very unfortunate. And I, and I always say that everything that you do in life or people are like, in our society, we are conditioned to look for permission to be able to do something. You need Permission to or approval. Like yeah. approval to get out your job and, or something, you know. And that, that stems from the educational system. Right, so you need high marks to pass to to go to the uh, next grade. Otherwise, what happens? You repeat the grade, 
I'm not sure if it's very often that you do that these days, but that's what uh, that's what the reality of it. When what do you do when you finish high school? Great, after you taught, yeah, 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 finish the HSC, you go right back into it in in, in uni. You do your uh, credits to get a high GPA so that you can uh, graduate and then move on to where to the corporate corporate world. This is nine to five, right? Not to bash bash people who are in a nine to five. Like I mean, I've been grilled by yourself for that in the past. Uh, it, it might be something that they enjoy, but if it's not, you know, there's there's definitely other paths than just going to the corporate world. Um, just because your degree says you know you're um you should be in the corporate world doing, I don't know, BA work, business analyst work doesn't mean that's what you are. Doesn't mean that's what you have to do. You know, I, I know people who have done engineering degrees, have done accounting degrees, um, have done degrees in, in science. They're not in the field that they were in, that they are in now because they, they did those things during uni. It's just that, that part pain, of the journey. That, that kind of pains me. You're putting yourself in a $30,000 debt, twenty-five dollars to $30,000, doing something that you don't enjoy, doing something that doesn't excite you, and you can't talk to it to other people with excitement. What are you doing it for? Well, I think I think also to be fair, a lot of people at, at that age don't really know exactly what they want. I think only a very small percentage of kids at those ages really really know that they want they they want a certain job and to get there they have to do this this and that. I think very very few people know that. More 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 often than not, people are just doing uni, getting a degree in something that they are vaguely interested in, just because I think there's real employment opportunities there. Um, and there's opportunities to make money, but a lot of times it's not because they truly enjoy that work or they truly enjoy that uh, that that uh, that course. It's just it's the right path um, in order to have a comfortable life. It might not be exciting, it might not be fulfilling, but that's that's the path. And I have to say, you know, that was a path that I I was on and. Technically, I'm still on now. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to. I, I didn't know anything about business at the time, but I thought business was a good way to to make money. I thought, um, like a business degree was something that um, would provide me with a fairly easy life. And you know, I have a fairly easy life. But what I'm doing is it fulfilling? Not really. Am I excited to tell people what I do? Not really. It's just what I do. And that's a benchmark, right? In my my personal opinion, it. If you can't talk about something that you do with excitement, then obviously there's something that you need to work on in your personal life. Not something, not not saying that you're doing something wrong. Yeah, cool. You're you're doing a work. You're working a nine to five that pays the bill, allows you to live comfortably. But if at the end of the day, the most exciting thing that you can do is go home, sit on your couch, and watch Netflix, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, and and the, you know going to work to a nine to five that's fine, but also have something on the side. That interests you. That's something that you can genuinely talk talk to somebody about. You know, if that if that hobby or that side hustle is something that is, you know, making you money or not, or just keeps you excited, at least have that something. Don't make that nine to five job the only thing that you can talk to somebody about yeah, because that's really all, all you do. Yeah, that's it. And what 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 happens when you? That's the only thing that you can talk about. You end up just gossiping, just finding something to talk about, something negative to talk about. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate, but 
I mean, that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. Tim Ferriss, actually, I, I've been reading his book, uh, Tools of Titan. Really good book. It's one of those books that you can just read one chapter at a time. Right. I, I use it when I go to the toilet in the morning. Right. Because yeah, it's. How do you it, use that? Because Tools of Titan is actually a collection of um, interviews. Right. So each chapter is a different person. So you can look and you can look, go, go to the content, the, the content page of the book and pick out who you want to know about. Right. So he categorized um, the people in like three categories, wealth, uh, health, and I can't remember what the last, the last topic is. I can't remember. Anyways, like, um, cause it's one of those books where you just flick, flick back and yeah, forth. Yeah. Anyways, he says, also you don't have to read it from start you, to finish. You don't. Okay. You don't. So that's, that's one of those, those amazing books that, uh, that I use when I go to the toilet because like, I mean, come on, you, you can, you only need more than 10 minutes in the toilet, right? It doesn't take you 10 minutes to read like a, a chapter. Yeah, I'm in there for more than 10 minutes. Uh, I don't know what you're doing in there, man. Unproductive stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, going back to what he says, like uh, Tim Ferriss says that if you cannot define terms, nebulous terms, like success, like happiness, right? Then obviously you need to look within yourself a little bit more. By nebulous terms, I mean vague, hazy, sort of terms like success you can't really when people think of success they think oh big amount of money oh like big house big uh, big cars and whatnot which that's not the case happiness is also does uh, is not, does not equate to is not synonymous to wealth to big money big cars big homes and whatnot it's really about defining what those terms mean to you personally right uh say for us like a good week is a good week for us is sitting down with each other, exploring ideas of what interests us through this podcast, developing it. Sure, we're not making money out of it, but I'm expanding my mind every time I sit down on this table talking in front of you on that microphone. And I really enjoy taking time out of my day at least once a week to have this kind of conversation. I mean, that's, that's if you don't have this setup going, how, how else do you, do, do you have this? Do you have to pay money? to sit down with somebody to have these kind of discussions? Uh, I don't know, but the fact that we do have this and we don't really pay money for it, it's just our time. I think that's something that is, um, you know, what I would consider to be, and, and we have time to do this. You know, in, in a way, it's, it's a, something that I think having wealth, in a way, allows us to, to, to have this. You know, these, these equipment's not cheap. It's not super expensive either, but and and also and also taking time out of our day where we you know possibly could be making money. If you work in a nine to five, yeah, you have time, yeah, you have money because yeah. like you get paid every week, same amount of pay. If you budget correctly, you have a big saving. Yeah, right. So what's a what's a couple hundred dollars to find a setup to be able to have a great conversation with someone that you care about? Yeah, right. So like, there is no excuse. Like Jocko says, it's discipline is equal freedom. Mm. But if you're willing to put the time down, yeah. that's the most important part. Doesn't that's mm. uh, disregarding your money? If you're willing to put the time down, then obviously you'll be able to find something that you love, like yeah. something that you're excited about, right? And this is, you know, the one time of the week I'm really actually excited because I know it's it's booked in every week. I know we're going to have a good discussion, and I know Tuesdays it's going to be. A good night. Yeah. How how easy is it though? Like once you define it, 
plan it, you know, and commit to it? How easy is it to just come and, and, and do it? Because there's, there's nothing else to think about, right? It's not like Jocko says in that, in that very same podcast, it's not hanging over your head because you know that something's already there. So you have to go and do, not you have to, you go and do it, finish it, feel good about yourself and so be it. Like, and, and you go home and sleep and the next day comes around. It's like also with jujitsu, like I, 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 I use that example as well, is you feel crappy. You don't want to go to jujitsu. You don't want to get choked out. But you don't want to get sweaty feet in your face. Sweaty feet in your face, you like hairy chest in your face. You know, that's the worst, by the way. I'm so All people's sweat dripping in your mouth. Ew. Yeah, that happened last week. To you? Yeah. Ah, it happened. Yeah, yeah that's gross. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. But how good does it feel after you get that session in? Once you get out, you take off your gi and it's just, or, or, and you just get the air through your body. Yeah. It's the best feeling. All right. The best feeling. Um, you know, actually, today I had a, I had so much fun. Yeah. In 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 in, uh, in the at the gym today, I did a two hour session. But the funny thing that I noticed is like after the hour, I'm knackered. But when the second session comes around, and by the time the rolls comes around, I'm fully energized for the for for that role. I think I think a lot of times it's just that um that forty five minutes of that lesson, we're just learning something new, or learning something new um technically, that. I think is the, 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 the fact that you're learning something is kind of invigorating and that kind of gives you energy for that role at the end of that lesson. Right, right. I think you're right with that. But I had so much fun. I had so much fun. Like, uh, you know how last week, uh, I think it last week when you rolled with that blue belt, that girl, yeah, how she told you to let go and not hold on for dear life. Just not hold on to stuff unnecessarily. Like the lapel, right? I actually remember that in the role today and that, I that that kind of increased my dexterity. Yeah, I'm sure also increase your um your 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 options and what you can do as yeah, well because sure. you're not locked your your arms are not too uh, locked onto two things that you're holding onto. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 amazing how how much it 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 works because I wasn't holding onto something that allowed me to hold my mount and do these crazy spins around and then land on on, on side control and, and whatnot. So. Because when you're holding onto sleeves or lapels, you're basically locking yourself in that position. It's a defensive position. And for me, I, I it's always- It's a stalemate position, bro. Yeah. I, I, you know, when I'm in a bad position where I know that the other person's better than me, I just want to hold on for dear life. But when you're rolling sort of casually in, in practice, you shouldn't really be, have that mindset, right? You should just be just, just moving around, trying new things. And hey, if you get put in a bad or worse position, get tapped, hey, so be it. Actually, I, I like getting tapped because- I actually laugh about it because I'm like, wow, this is something that I need to learn. This is something that I found another weakness within me that I need to overcome. It's it's not so fun when you get tapped by the same submission a couple of times in a row it's just because they are too technical and always know how to get to that the same stuff. It's annoying. So I had a, I had a couple of like uh, white belts today going, like going against me. It was pretty good. One of the guys like, wow, you have really, really good control. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? I've been getting tapped out by the blues left, right, and center, man. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I had one of the, um, um, I think the first time I went, one of the, I think it was a competition, like white belt, told me I had a pretty good top control as well. I was like, really? Thank you. Wow. That's nice. Feel good about yourself. Yeah. At least I know that I have one strength. <laughs> yeah. To so talk about um, Jocko very quickly, just to end it. Yeah. 
actually bought his latest book. Um, I think it's called, uh, I forgot the, what the main thing is, but it's like a field manual number two or something. And it's, uh, it's a very similar book to his other ones. Discipline equals freedom, uh, the dichotomy of leadership. No, sorry, extreme ownership. It was just, was the first one I listened to. Um, and his second one that I listened to was the dichotomy of leadership. Yeah. And the latest one that I listened to, um, directly bring it up. It's, is, is it called Leadership Strategy yes. and Tactics? That's it. Field Manual 2. Uh, about two hours in. A very good read. Very good read. I might give it a go sometimes. Yeah. Um, listening on Audible, which is cool. Mm. It's a really good tool, Audible. Yeah. I, I really enjoy Audible. Do you have um, that Blinkist? App, whatever you um, I, download, it? I downloaded it once. Yeah. Uh, just never got into it. Like I never had the chance to sit down and, and explore it fully. Yeah. But I, I totally get the um, why it's good. You know, it kind of summarizes things into like a ten minute summary. But then I feel like you're missing a lot of potential little nuggets that reading through the entire book um, would would give you. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to smash out a book and Take the main, get the main takeaway from it. I think yeah, that's, a- that's that's probably the why I um haven't used Blinkist because the way I think about it, an author put his time out to do all the research to write the book for God knows how long, sometime yeah. a year, two years to write a book, right? And you're just gonna throw most of it away and just summarize into fifteen minutes. And, and the person who summarizes the the book, you know, who who knows what they think is the key takeaways. That's right. You know, there could be key takeaways for you personally that is, is not in that um, summary. I mean, it, it's, it's good if you want to find out what a book is actually about. That's, that's like finding out. The which, is, which is fine, but then I wouldn't pay for that, right? I would just read a summary somewhere on the internet. I mean, it's like, um, like you know, back in the days, like kids, we used to download a lot of music illegally, pirated and whatnot. I always had a justification for that. Like if I love it, if I download something and I love it, a lot and I find some value into it I, I will 100% of the time go and support the author or the right. uh, creative who created that for me right so I would actually go out and pay for it pay for the album pay for their services and whatnot. so that's how I think about it right so that's why I don't like pirating books because a lot of these people actually put their time out there and, and want to share knowledge to the world so it's, it's only a small fee to pay for these people right yeah yeah I mean, I, and I definitely like every. You know, I I I don't I don't read read. Mm. I, I listen to audiobooks. Yeah, yeah. And to get good narrators, I think that's something you kind of have to pay for. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm actually might uh, hit Audible up to see if they're interested in, in doing a sponsorship. That'll be good, man. That will be good because I, I I that's one of the one of the biggest app that I use on my phone. Right. How so long have you had a membership for? You reckon? 2014. Oh shit! That's a good five years. Yeah, you've given them a lot of money. Yeah, so there, there was one. Uh, there was probably like one year I, I actually put on put on hold for six months, um, because I wasn't using it. That I think that was the year I was like fully into podcasting for a good majority of my time. Yeah, but anyways, and yeah, so I've given them a lot of my money, but I've also taken a lot of value out of them. Right? Sure. Yeah. I've received. Sorry, I received a lot of value. Right. So I'm fine with that. It's only like small uh, price to pay. It's like fourteen dollars, sixteen dollars a month. Yeah, for a book. Oh, how much is Netflix though? It's the same. Like eighteen dollars for a family plan. Yeah, divided by four. 
sure, but yeah. entertainment and knowledge. <laughs> Come on, man. Where, yeah. where do you put your value? Yeah. This is when, when when I saw when I saw the um when I saw the monthly fee, I was like, it's kind of put off. Mm. Um, but the the good thing about Audible is that you can actually. By the way, we're not sponsored yet, so but I'm I'm just like talking about it because I love the app so yeah. much. But if somebody works at Audible and listens to this, yeah, hit us up. Yeah. So with Audible, if you don't like the book, you have the option of returning it without any question and really? getting another book. Let's talk off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. Don't just don't abuse it. <laughs> I will not abuse it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah so that's that um anything else with uh, Jocko man no 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 let's um let's let's talk about this list that i yeah, found quickly uh let's let's quickly talk about it you got seven points seven common mistakes of entrepreneurs let me know let me see if i can agree with those points man or let, let me know if you make any of these mistakes in, yeah. in the first place uh I, I found this on 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 reddit um great website. on the entrepreneurs subreddit um you follow that uh, I, I started to for, for this podcast. Yeah. There's some good nuggets in there. Um, yeah. So the first one is don't value your time. Oh, oh, this is the mistake. When you don't value your time high enough. Yeah. So the number one, you don't value your time high enough. What, so what is the that number mean? one mistake, this, this is the, the author writing this. The okay. number one mistake I see new business owners make is that they don't value the most finite resource, time. Yes, you want to go above and beyond your clients especially when you don't have many clients, but charge for it. So essentially you're putting all of your time into something that is either not generating any sort of uh, return or providing you with any sort of value. Um, yeah, you don't value your time enough. I, I don't think I made that mistake. Okay. Because I, I, I like, I'm lazy, first yeah. of all, right? <laughs> Where if I'm a value and say, for example, hiring employees, yep. I would hire the employee because I know I'm worth more than say minimum wage. Okay. Right. So I will only do their job mm. if it's required of me. Otherwise, you do that job. Mm -hmm. I would not do that job. Is that a pride thing? It's not a pride thing. Mm. It's more of like, I'm worth more than that. Mm. Okay. I hired that person, yep. do this job for mm. me. I'm paying them. So... Because you feel like your time can be better spent elsewhere. That's right. That's exactly the case. Okay. And uh, for example, Tamworth. The other, the other last week, I went to Tamworth. Like it's a five, six hour drive. Yep. And I took four of my girls to go and work for me on the Sunday. I didn't do anything mm. apart from sitting in my car mm. because it wasn't busy. Okay. It wasn't busy, so my girls can take care of everything. They do all the mm. cooking, all the selling, and whatnot. Right. So for me, I value my time and I, I'm paying them to be here. It's very expensive for me. Yeah. So they can run the whole show for me, mm. right? It's not a pride thing. It's not a I'm lazy thing. Well, mm. I just said I was lazy, but like it's a, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, if you hire someone to do a job, a particular job, yeah. let them do that job. Okay. Don't think that, oh, I can go around, skip money and do the job that they, so I don't have to pay them. Yeah. Because that, that actually hurts your um your your business in the sense that if you do that job and you don't give that job to an employee mm. what's the employee going to do they have they're going to go somewhere else because yeah. they need money as well yeah right so that's that and also if if my 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 employee is going to complain about it like oh 
you're the boss. Why, why aren't you doing anything? Mm. I mean, are you going to drive five hours? Mm. Are you going to set up uh, mm. everything to be ready yeah. for that event? No, you just come in. You just come in and, and just do your particular task that I hired you for, mm-hmm. right? So they, they have no right to complain to me. Yeah. Right. So, so just to answer your question, no, I don't think I've done that mistake. Mm. There could be something that's similar to what you just talked about later in the list. But the second thing on the list is um, feel like you need to win every job. New entrepreneurs tend to have a scarcity mindset where they feel like they need to land every client. Otherwise, it's a sure sign they're failing. This is simply not true. It's actually more beneficial to land fewer jobs, but at a higher price. Fewer jobs means less manpower, less assets needed, less travel time. Um, think, about, think about doing as few jobs as possible for the most money. Yeah, so classic 80-20 rule here. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I think you, you, you know, as, from my commentary, I think you started off um, trying to do every event you can. Yes. And I think in the last uh, I don't know, four or five months, uh, maybe six months, you've been a little bit more selective. Yes. You know, getting rid of the stuff that makes you maybe net a couple hundred bucks and focusing and putting time, effort, and resources into the ones that you know are going to be bangers. Yes, I, I agree with you. And yes, I've made that mistake. Yeah. Because I want to be able to gather everything, re- like harvest everything. Yeah. But sometimes you harvesting some, like, say, for, like if you use a farm um, mm. analogy here, if you harvest a bad tomato. Yeah. You're not going to be able to sell that for, opt- for, for the good price that you want it for. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in harvesting that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you just forego it. Right? Yeah. I've, I've paid for events that I didn't, did not attend. Okay. Because I've, I've, you know, you pay for, like you kind of spread a blanket out to see which event, event bite, sure. event organizer bite. Right. And if, for example, you pay for an event and by the time the event rolls around, and yeah. say for whatever reason, bad weather, um, unfavorable um, location. Yep. And you know, you've checked out their Facebook seeing that how many people are interested, how many people are going. Yep. If it's bad, then I'll just like, hey, you can have my money. Yeah. Right. So yes, I've made that mistake. But you you feel like you're on a better track now in terms of choosing the right, the right ones. It's less of a, um, it's less of a a headache. Mm. So much less of a headache. Mm. And for me being the non-entrepreneur, I do actually relate to this as well in the sense that I feel like um, every, every, every kind of, um, everything that I do at work, I feel like I have to kind of, kind of ace it. Yeah. So in terms of every project I do, I have to ace it. But a lot of times there are, there are certain tasks which have very, very little, um, value in terms of what I get back and it really shouldn't be wasting so much time on that and it should be focusing on the big tasks the <clears> ones where there's sort of company-wide um, implications I should be focusing on those things rather than on the the smaller things where you know it, it's good to get it done right but at the same time don't invest you know a third of your day into some small task rather focus that on um, the more important bigger yeah. implication task Third, you don't charge enough money. Charging enough money ties directly in valuing your time properly. Your goal should be in the top three, uh, sorry, your goal 
should be in the top three of most expensive companies in your area and industry. Think about the brand who are able to do the most impressive things, the cheapest brand or the best or the uh, most expensive brands. That's it? That's it? That's it. Okay, well, yes, I made that mistake. Yeah. I used to think about, uh, so, okay, put it this way. When you're an entrepreneur, when you're a boss versus when you're a customer, you look at things very, very, very differently. Yep. Okay, so I used to think like when I first stepped into business, I used to think like, I used to ask myself like, oh, am I charging too much? Are they going to buy? Are people going to buy? Because I was looking at, at it from a consumer mindset. It's like, what, what does a consumer do? Yep. They you tend to, well, 90% of the time, they tend to look for the cheapest option, mm-hmm. right? There's only a few people that look for value. They look for, okay, how much am I getting out of this versus how much I'm paying for this, yep. right? So if I'm paying for cheap, I will get cheap. If I'm paying for more, then I'll get, obviously get yep. more value. That's providing if the company, the, the company that you're spending money to is honest. Sure. Right, so now how I look at it, some of my events are mostly five, six hours away. Right. Right. So hell yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna charge people for that. Yep. Right. People look at my my products like, oh wow, is, why is this so expensive? Mm-hmm. They don't know that I drive six hours away. No. They don't know that I have like a thousand dollars or fourteen hundred dollars worth of staff money to pay. Right. And then on top of that, stock. So obviously yeah. I need something for me at the end of the day. Sure. Right. So yes, I've made that mistake before by charging too little. And classic example is when I was doing sugarcane at Canberra. Yeah. That's a two hour, three hour drive from the city. Yep. And every week I was coming back home with five, six hundred dollars. Not worth my time. Yeah. Right. For the whole weekend. For the whole weekend. Yeah. That's pretty shit. That is pretty shit. For the amount of work yeah. you put in, it's well over, you know, what someone in a nine to five would do in a day. That's right. And every event that I go to now, I expect, this yeah. is my target, I expect at least $4,000 gross, uh, gross money. Turnover. Yeah. yeah. For, for one store, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and of course, you, you definitely don't want to be sort of an outlier, cheap product in, in the market. That's right. Either. Yeah. You don't want to devalue your, your brand mm. to, to the level where, okay, this is always the cheapest place. You know, should I pay a couple bucks more for? Yeah, you really have to think about that. Yeah. Like, do you really want to set yourself as a brand? Yeah. Do you really want to set yourself, excuse me, as a cheap product, mm-hmm. as a cheap service kind of thing? Right? Mm-hmm. It's um, it's definitely something that uh, I think new businesses have to consider when they start off, whether to do like a free for the first thousand customers kind of thing, or they should just set. A price and really deliver on the value. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I believe very much in the whole free thing. Yeah, I think um, I think if you have a brand and it works or has worked in the past, that's fine. But I think there's there's real chance that you could hurt your brand value if you go down that path. Yeah, you really have to like be careful with that. It's yeah, like the whole sure. thing with um, I mean this this could be something that we talk about in in other podcasts, but the whole um, um. The whole Australian retail market is kind of going down the shitter at the moment. There's, there's long time um, companies, retail companies that are going, you know, going bankrupt, going to administration, just because they just can't keep up with today's kind of um, online, uh, very fast moving type of um, environment, retail environment. 
and and there was an article that I read, and it showed a, a natural news article from back in like I don't know, 50s, 60s, 70s, long time ago, where I think it was Grace Brothers, which is now Myers. They used to do one of these massive sales twice a year, and they actually had it in the article that says twice a year only. This is our thing. This is what we are doing twice a year only. If you don't get your 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 um uh your bargains in in those two um, periods of the year, then you're paying full price the rest of the time. Nowadays, when you go to Myers, every week you see some sort of sale on, right? Yeah, fifty percent, sixty percent, thirty percent off something, all just to catch your attention. And Myers, a lot of these. Harris Scarf, a lot of these big department stores are actually closing down now because they just can't keep up with um, with the way the retail market is is, is sort of going. And yeah. their their way of um, addressing it is just discounting. That's that's just being desperate. Yeah, yeah. And if 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 you are chasing if you're chasing the the discounts in terms of like uh, you know giving discounts for your products, ultimately you're you, you have very, very little margin left to move. Yeah, that's right. Once you drop down to 50, 40%, 50%, how much margin do you really have left? Mm. Nothing. And if you know that you, if, if as a consumer, you know that you're always going to get 50% at this place, why would you shop there unless it's 60%? Because you it, get 50% it, it off basically anytime. becomes a norm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't want that. No. Yeah. So how you kind of, how you value your product or your service or your time, I think I think it's very important. Yeah, you can't you can't just cheapen it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly. I totally agree, and it's something that you learn to be comfortable with over time. It's like, yeah, cool. The other place is uh, selling at a much cheaper price than I am, but great. Then you're not my target customer. I, th- I think one of the things that they said was also um, these older retailers they got lazy. Instead of finding some new value that they can provide or some other service that they can provide, all they did was just discount the price. It's yeah. the easiest thing to do, but also it's the laziest thing to do as well. So what are you, you going to do? Like once you set in your ways, you once you build a big company, there's like you uh, you become kind of less mobile. Yeah, right. If you don't innovate, mm. and it's hard for big companies to do it, it's it's just gonna be. That's it. For yeah. you. It's going to be tough. Yeah. That's why the, the advantage of, of being a small business and that's why a lot of these re- online retail mm. works so well is because their overhead is so much lower that's right. than having a brick and mortar store. Yeah. Right. So I've had a brick and mortar store and yeah. you've, you've been through it. You've seen how yeah. I failed. Right. Yeah. So my rules now is like no brick and mortar store. 100%. Right. Yeah. So the next rule, oh, sorry, the next mistake. Insist you need a revolutionary idea. And most of the time, the best opportunities are in improving existing industries. The problem is we only hear about revolutionary ideas that worked, not hundreds or thousands that didn't. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a definitely, definitely a problem. Yeah. And I fell into that trap. And the, what happens when you fall into that trap, you think, of, oh, I don't have any good ideas at all. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck. You're stuck. And that means that I can't start a business. Yeah. Right. And that's definitely something I'm still grappling with. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I keep thinking like uh, I need to figure out something new so I can sell online. Right. But it's, it's not the case. 
and, and coming back to to the Joker for a little bit, like I've I told you my like a rev like a rev what's it called a, a a enlightenment moment that I had listening to his podcast. Like great, now I just have to not reinvent the wheel, but double down on the wheel. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. Get it spinning, get to your destination, and then move on. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that. Yes, I've had that mistake. I've done that mistake before. Uh, I'm still doing that mistake right now. Mm-hmm. I'm still thinking, because my ultimate goal is to have like an online uh, business. Sure. Whatever that be, uh, that is e-commerce, uh, service-based uh, yeah. and, and whatnot. But I'm still looking for that idea and I know I shouldn't be. Mm. But like, I don't know how. how I mean, it would be great if you had that idea. That's but right, yeah. Most of the time, you know, it, far, more, far more often than not, you know, it's just a, a, a tweak in an existing yeah, idea yeah. rather than a brand new idea. Yeah. Um, but that's a misconception about entrepreneurs as well. Like mm. uh, being your own boss, like you have to have a revolutionary idea to be mm. able to be able to have a business. And I, I, I'm going to agree with that article in saying that, no, you do not. Like you mm. just have to start very, very small. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jay, my brother just told me about a story of, of how this 15 year old girl yep. was able to buy online old school games mm-hmm. and flip it at EB Games yep. and found out that because EB Games was so slow at up- updating the inventory, she went to multiple stores and flipped the same game. Okay. Yeah, so she bought a, a number of them. So right. that means that because the games were so rare, yep. they're old school games, they're so rare, mm. the EB Games like, oh wow, we don't have this in our inventory, we uh, must have it. Right. So she bought a couple of them on, from the States and, or yep. wherever she bought it from and went around to these EB Games and made mm. it about $1,000 a day. Just doing reselling that. shit. Yeah. Just reselling that. And she's not reinventing the wheel at all. She's just finding exploit, yeah. a loophole. She's doing nothing wrong. I mean, look at look at how Amazon started. That's right. You know, they started with uh, what, reselling books. Yeah. You know, Bookstore's been reselling old books for, for a long time. Mm. They just put it on the internet. So amazing. That's I it. Like Amazon, I, I, I'm quite, Amazon is starting to become like one of my favorite companies right now. Mm. Just knowing what they do. But yes, uh, coming back to the question, yes, I've made that mistake and I'm still doing it right now. Mm. I'm still grappling with that idea. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I think we, we talked about an, an e-commerce mm. opportunity, yeah, opportunities, mm. but we've never really kicked it off, kind of just shows that we're still on that mindset of what, 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 is, what is revolutionary that we can come up with. Mm. And I'm going to say that you are still sitting on a, on a gold mine here. Which is? The Grapple Chapel. Ah, uh, yes. I'm still <laughs> still pushing you with that. It's it's a good idea that I think you should do something with it. And on I'm, Instagram, tr- Chapel, uh, Grapple Chapel. And by the uh, way, just to put it yeah. out there, just to put a record so that you can re-listen to this, yeah. your domain is about to expire. So oh. get get something oh, done with it. it has been a year. <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> so do something with it. It doesn't matter. Even if it's like a, a small t-shirt company. Yeah, I almost feel like I'm like, if I do something with it, that's not what I have been doing. I feel like I'm almost like betraying the followers that I have in terms of the content I give them. Because the worst, like, like for me personally, what, what I don't like is when I've been following a page and all of a sudden they start ads and start selling shit. What's that's wrong annoying with, to me. Look, what's, like, okay, let's go back to our previous point. What's wrong with that? You're providing value. Well, not, nothing. Nothing's wrong with it. Gary V says, jab, 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 right hook. Yeah, what I mean, provide, 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 and then do mm. do ask. If they're your loyal followers, they're gonna, they're gonna spend their money <laughs> on you, man. They're gonna thank you. Yeah. That's the that's the that's the word for it. It's like a, a, a 
equilibrium that you mm. are entering with your with your uh, followers. Okay, well, ain't that's... nothing wrong with that. And mate, I'm telling you right now, if you're willing to do this, I'll put everything aside and I'm going to work <laughs> on on this with you. That would be really helpful. Um, let me think about it a little bit more, and uh, I'll come back to you with uh, with an idea, some mm. sort of idea. Next point: delegate too soon or not soon enough. Oh no, I don't think I have a mistake at all. No. I'm delegating right now. <laughs> do you think you delegate too soon? Um, do you think there could be times when you're sitting in the car where you could be doing something and saving, I don't know, 100, however you pay one of the workers? Well, it, it's actually an easy, uh, easy question for me to answer because a lot okay. of the times I'm going away somewhere. Sure. So I'm taking my staff with me. Okay. Where they're going to go. Yeah. Where I'm going to put them. Yeah. So I am forced to delegate. Okay. So what's left for me to do is- But the like, question is, if you know that um, you're going to be bringing three people and you probably could be hands-off quite most of the time, should you be bring two people instead? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually grappling with that. Like my brother actually tells me off a little bit for having too many staff sometime. Yeah. But my retort to that is like, I want to make myself redundant. Okay. So if anything hits the fan, like if shit hits the fan, yeah. I'm actually free to be able to fix it. Well, that's, that's the next point. Delegate everything too soon. The issue isn't, this is an issue I've recently, that I've seen recently with people asking themselves, how can I do the bare minimum and make money? Unfortunately, making money isn't easy. And these people are simply looking at a problem the, the wrong way. Money comes when you provide value and it is hard to provide value without putting in the work. No, I agree. I totally agree. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like this, this obviously there, this, there will be some times um, that, as an entrepreneur, as a your own boss, as someone who's owned their own business, I can tell you that you have to get your hands dirty. Hmm. It's not a question of like if or not, it's you have to get your hands dirty. Yeah. Right. So for example, like I said, like I'm delegating, yeah, when when it's not busy, they can they can handle yeah. it. But when it's the busy time, yeah, I'm full in it. Sure. I'm standing in front of the fryer and I'm frying things with oil all around me mm. and on, mm. on me and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm willing to do that. There's no, no yeah. question about it. And it's not a question of like, oh, I don't want to do this. No, yeah. I am doing this right now. Sure. Right. So, yeah. Well, the, the question I have as well is, do you, is there something that you, is there some value that you provide that your workers wouldn't? For example, the conversation that you might have with, uh, with customers, perhaps the, that sort of personal business owner, yeah, yeah. customer uh, conversation that you might have that, that, that your workers really have no... No, it's interesting it's something that can be trained sure and like obviously you have to uh, as an, a business owner you also have to be able to pick out the traits in your staff yeah where can they be most helpful mm. who's good at something who's right. bad at something right so you, you shuffle them around and yes there's also there's, there is the value in interacting with your customers as a boss but sometimes you just there's no time for you to interact with them it's sure. that busy. Like in my game anyways, it's that busy. But like if it's, if it's like a service game, hmm. right? Obviously, I have to spend, I'll, be, I'll have to spend the bulk of my time yeah. interacting with customers because networking would be the primary sure. source of income for you, hmm. right? It, it, it's different industries and whatnot. So, yeah. So the next thing on the list, I think is kind of a repeat, not delegating soon enough. Yeah. You see this issue a lot more in currently successful business people who used to have this issue. I suspect you see this trait in successful business people because those are the people who are willing to do absolutely any work in their business in order to make it succeed. 
they don't mind if they have to sweep the floors. I think it's the I'll do anything mindset that gets someone on a successful path. But later, you must make the transition to being able to delegate effectively effectively in order to truly grow. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely a trap that uh, as, a, as a boss that you tend to fall into yeah. because you tend to be able to do everything because yeah. you know how to do everything, yep. you want to do it all. And and I guess also not seeing the value in mm. um, having your time free yeah, exactly. to work on other things. Yeah. And I think that's something that I think we had a discussion about a while ago before you had your, before you considered the, the brick and mortar store. I think we talked about how there's people who sort of mom and pops that just does the that just does their shop. They they don't really hire anyone. They put in, you know, full time work into their into this one little little shop. And they kinda just work there. They either either they're happy with it or they don't make enough money to really do anything else. It it kind of brings back the whole conversation of um of being stale not having an end game, not mm-hmm. having an exit, exit strategy or rather in, in, this, in this respect, a leveling up strategy, an expansion strategy. Yeah, and right? a lot of people just, you know, they don't have the mind space to think about these extra strategies because they, um, they're not delegating anything. They are, you know, they doing everything. Save, they want to save every single penny. Yeah. And they don't see it. They don't, they don't, they don't see that their time is not worth the minimum wage. As yeah. a business owner, it's never no. I, I'm sorry, it is what it is, but like it's never worth the minimum wage. Especially because you are the one who are, who, who's thinking about uh, thinking about the business that a minimum wage person wouldn't be thinking about. That's right. A minimum wage worker doesn't care about your business. They're just there to collect minimum wage. Yeah. So you can't be paying yourself a minimum wage and also thinking about running the business and also thinking about the, mm-hmm. the next steps of the business. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. For sure. <clears throat> this is the the last one. I think this is something that um, I think personally I I let's I, go out with a bang. Go with a bang. We're worrying about perfection. Oh my god! Far too many people want everything to be perfect before their business launches. This is simply a form of procrastination to avoid the uncertainty of what might happen when we actually do launch. Fear of the unknown and failure is daunting to everyone. Let's break it down. Would you rather launch in three months? Make sure the product works in the market, worrying about perfection later, or spend six months launching the quote unquote perfect product, finding out half of what you built needs to be changed anyways. Thoughts? Yeah. Okay. We had that problem, man. We did. In this part, very same podcast, right? I think that's probably more more my my issue than than your problem. I think you wanted to get this out pretty quickly. But ASAP, man. ASAP. Yeah. I think for me, I, I just wasn't. I, I, I wasn't were, confident yeah. that this was good enough to go out. But what is good enough? But what, what, what is good enough? You, you talked about the whole MVP, minimum viable yeah. product. Right? But that, that didn't actually come to me until basically towards the last month or so yeah, when yeah. we felt like, okay, this, something has to go out. Yeah. And what we have was an MVP. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not, um, it's not where we think it could be, but it's good enough to go out. I would argue, I would argue that it's still not perfect. Uh, that's what I'm saying it's still not perfect but what we had going out is good enough to go yeah, out I had to push it I definitely like I was definitely on the, the the advocating side of like getting this out ASAP despite being shit or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's 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 difficult when you have something that you kind of built with your own hands you when, when you put it out there you obviously 
because you put so much time and effort into it, you don't want to be criticized for anything, for anything, right? You want it to be, you, you, you want to be praised for that product that you put out. Mm. But the fact is, you really can't. Yeah. You really can't put something out there in your first go and expect praise and, and whatever else and, and expect that product to be perfect. I'm so proud of you right now for saying that. Yeah. I mean, it took, a, it took a while for me to, I think part of it's also just nerves of getting myself out there. But at the same time, it's certainly this whole issue of, I wasn't confident that, you know, being an avid podcast listener, I just didn't feel like we were on that kind of level of some of the best podcasts. Yeah. yeah. But and then again, these people had 10 years on us, man. That's 100% true. Yeah, 10 years on us. There's, I remember when podcast was first a thing. I, was, I heard about it in high school. When yep. I was 15, 16, it's like, mm. oh, yeah, what's a podcast? Oh, it's people talking. Oh, I thought it was like a radio show, but on the internet, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, essentially it is. It, it is, yeah. yeah. But except it's less music, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's, some podcasts don't even have an intro music at all. And I find that quite interesting. Well, Choco doesn't have any podcasts. Yeah, I, I find that right so interesting. And I think one of the things that he, one of the things that Choco talked about was he didn't want to have an intros or anything. He just wanted to get right into it. And that, that actually begs the question, like, do we, would it be okay for us to do something like that? I, I think he's also quite unique in his style delivery, in his- yeah. um, I love the guy. In his genre. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're in that kind of genre. So I think it, I, I, I think it will be good for us to provide some sort of intro. Yeah. Okay. Well, and outro, anyway. whatever else. Um, yeah. So yes, to answer that question, we had that problem. We, I had to push it. I had yeah. to say, hey, First of December, let's do this. Did, did, did you feel like, I, I get the feeling that you felt we were ready to go in the first podcast we, we ever recorded. I, I wanted to like, out like from the get-go. Right away. Because I wanted to see the progression from yeah. when we were crap to when, whenever it is that we become praised for something that's providing value to people. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say that I have standards in my work compared to just getting it out there, but I certainly do see I certainly do see why getting it out there and and having people follow the progress is valuable for them and also for us. Mm. For us to yeah. look back and say, hey, we started with this. We put this out there. This is where we are now. Yeah. I mean, look, you see this in even in big companies, man. Yeah. Classic example, Samsung Note 7. Yeah. Right? That thing was a freaking bomb. And look look where it is now. Samsung uh, Samsung S. 10 plus. Yep. One of the greatest phone of all time. Yeah. One of the greatest. I, I have no problems with this phone at all. Mm. So it, it happens in business. It's something that you have to, to, I, to be comfortable with. I, I'll, I'll say this though. For it to be in business also, it does have to meet that MVP criteria, I think. Yeah. It needs uh, to work. I, it, it needs to it do needs what to it work. Yeah. I, I, I didn't feel like our first couple of recorded recordings hit that criteria, hit that mark. Oh, what you mean? Like the, our test episodes? Yeah, when we first started. To, oh no, dude, for sure. I, I knew, like yeah. the whole the whole idea of yeah. the test episodes is basically prototyping our podcast. Yeah, like see the dynamic between us, uh-huh. whether or not it was gonna work, like how how we vibe with each other, like how we how we how ideas dance with each other, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like those first eight to ten episodes was like that was uh, that's that's a proof of concept, basically. Yeah. And generally, previous concepts don't go out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I think we, you know, where we are now is is uh, we're in a fairly good place in terms of the product. The product that we're kind of delivering is 
decent. Yeah. There's a lot of improvements that could be made. The feedback we got um, from Pete and DJ, quality. We need that kind of feedback. And, you know, these are sort of little suggestions and, and uh, constructive sort of criticism that I think we need in order for this to go into a better thing. Yeah, for sure. We are a little bit over time. Oh, damn. I think if we cut out some of the, the pauses. I think we might be able to cut, that, cut back a couple of minutes maybe. Mm, I'd say maybe <laughs> an hour, 10 minutes. Look, it's, it's fine. It's, yeah. There's no problem with that. I think if, if it's like good quality content mm. and if you, the titles are good, yeah, to, to click on, uh, I think it will be fine. Um, but uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Like, uh, I think it, this was a really good vibe. Look, I wanted. Uh, I, I agree, great vibe. Um, I don't really have anything else to add onto today's episode, but I do want to just uh, very quickly just um, reiterate that the whole bushfire situation in Australia is is still technically happening. You know, there's been there's been some rain, but the bushfire season hasn't ended yet. There's probably gonna be a couple more months of um very close calls or the the rain worse. the rain was definitely helpful. And the it rain was, was definitely helpful. Yeah. Um but this time of the year we don't expect much rain. So um I think we provided some links before uh, last week on you know where where to donate. Put them up again. We'll we'll put up again. Um, you know, if if there's people listening who want to donate to a good cause, um uh, you know, we'll have those links out there. Please help the koalas. Help the koalas and kangaroos and all the other drop bitches. Drop bears. Drop bears. <laughs> so uh, before we end it, where can people find us? All right, guys. So you can find us on Twitter at The Escape Rope, Facebook at Escape Rope, and on Instagram at The Escape Rope as well. You can hit, hit us up on our website, uh, theescaperope.com. And, and if yeah. you want to uh, support the show as well, um, we'll have an Amazon link. Oh, yeah, it's important. Um, forgetting that. You know, all you have to do is just buy the stuff that you're already going to buy, but through our link, and we get a very, very small uh, kickback from, from Amazon. Not you from you, from Amazon. You don't spend a cent. Amazon no. gives, gives a portion of that, of, the, of what you spend on your product to us. Mm. So it, w- it would be very helpful to keep the uh, show going. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we also have a Patreon, guys. Patreon. If, if you'd like to donate on that, please do. And where That'll can we leave uh, feedback? Guys. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if we provide you some awesome nugget of information. And if we don't, leave feedback anyway. Tell us how we can provide that value to you. We still have a couple of mugs to to give away and we still have that podcast kit to give away as well. So if you leave a review, we will know who you are. We'll contact you and we'll send you that podcast kit. I will also give you a little bit of a course, an introduction course to get uh, your podcast going if you're really, really interested. And we all know that advice from Fung is probably value in the millions. So get on that real quick before it <laughs> yeah. goes away. Yeah. All right, guys. You've been listening to the Escape Road Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to us. And uh, you guys have a great day. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>